Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, the United States military issued a COVID-19 vaccine mandate a few months ago. Uh, but unlike other vaccine mandates, this one uh, is being opposed by a significant number of the rank and file. Uh, regardless of what you think of vaccine mandates in and of themselves, the situation brings up an important principle uh, that we should all be thinking about. And that is we have to be careful that when we hyper-focus on fixing one thing, that we aren't creating problems in a host of other things or other areas. Uh, Inside Sources had the chance to uh, speak with Washington Post uh, reporter Alex Horton, who uh, is a veteran of the military, and he talked about the reasons why the military's top brass handed down a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. This is the military saying, you give up a lot of your rights on what to do with yourself, hour to hour, week to week. You're going to get vaccines for diseases you never heard of when you have to go to, you know, the Middle East or, or Asia or Africa or any number of places. So I think that's how commanders are looking at it. They're looking at it as another thing that could that can hurt the mission. It can hurt their success in the next battle if they need to get people, you know, in the fight. So if the aircraft carrier Teddy Roosevelt last year was any indication, you know, once the virus gets on board, and you know, this was before vaccines, but I mean that that infection took an aircraft carrier off offline for weeks. So Alex Horton went on to talk about just how many military members of the military might leave over these uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Uh, and while the percentage may be small, when you start looking at the total number of people, the impact that could have on mission readiness, uh, it's a pretty interesting number to look at. Some of the time, you know, when we report on these numbers, you know, some of the services are 97% vaccinated or 95% vaccinated. And you say, well, that's pretty good. But that, that's carrying out an order, you know, while you're in the military. So you generally expect 100% of folks carry out their, their duties. You know, when you're talking about 2.1 million people in, in the Department of Defense, it starts to add up rather quickly, you know, just a few percent. So, for example, the Navy and the Marine Corps at their deadline, uh, which came up, you know, on November 28th, it's about 19,000 people haven't gotten their vaccine, sailors and Marines. So that's enough people to man four modern aircraft carriers, which is a lot. There's not that many aircraft carriers. I think there's about seven that are, are running right now. So when you lump all those people together, it starts to become a significant number. Uh, so that's really interesting to think about that. So, again, percentage-wise, it's, it's a small number. Uh, but in just the Navy and Marines, uh, they could lose 19, almost 20,000 people. Uh if uh, they fully enforce the uh, the vaccine mandate there. And uh, just, I love the Alex's perspective on that. That's four aircraft carriers. And uh, if you thought, if you think about it that way, uh, I didn't realize we're, we have seven, we have seven aircraft carriers uh, that are functioning currently. Uh, so if you took four of those out, 
uh, that's that's significant. And so when you look at all of those numbers, uh, then you have to start then you have to start factoring in some of these pieces uh, of the puzzle. And to me, that's that's where you really have to get into the nitty gritty because it's one thing to say, okay, well, if we just lose nineteen thousand people because uh, they're not compliant with the mandate, uh, we'll still be okay. But then you have to start factoring in kind of the the ripple effect. Uh, and so when uh, Alex Horton sat down with Inside Sources, he talked about some of the other issues that the military might face if they do lose tens of thousands of people due to the mandate, because there are other things on the horizon that are also concerning. In the Marine Corps, for instance, that there's a lot of engineers or pilots or infantry officers in certain places. And if, they're, if, if these refusals are congregated in certain places, then you start to lose experience and you're starting to lose certain billets that are difficult to replace, that becomes an issue. But it is true that across the military, there's already an attrition rate that they expect. People leave the military every day and people come into the military every day. What some folks I've talked to, the concern is this is another thing on top of that churn, that you're starting to, you know, starting to lose people that may not be in that revolving door at this point. You know, they were going to leave in three or four years and now they're leaving in February. So, so the principle I want to get to on all of this, uh, less about the mandate uh, and the vaccine, more about this principle of when we get so laser-focused on one particular thing. Uh, we may solve that one particular thing, but we may create problems in a host of other things. Uh, often we refer to this as sometimes in the rush to alleviate the suffering of some, we end up creating suffering for many uh, you can look at the opioid epidemic as one of those examples. If we just soak it, focus solely on relieving pain for people who are going through cancer treatments or chronic pain or what surgeries or whatever it may be, if we become so fo- solely focused uh, on that, alleviating the suffering of those people, uh, we've already created suffering for so many more who are now addicted, dependent, uh, the ripple effect into businesses, communities, families, and uh, and lives lost. And so that's the principle that I think we have to come back to is it's easy to hyper-focus on a singular thing. And again, whether it's a mandate, whether it's uh, opioids, uh, you can pick whatever you might, uh, but we have to make sure that in all of our thinking, we're thinking broader, uh, that we're making sure what are the, what are the unintended consequences of all of this? Uh, again, looking at the military, uh, if they end up losing... Uh, again, roughly 19,000 uh, people, if they are discharged, if, if they were, if they fully enforce that. We know that uh, both the uh, the Army and the Air Force uh, have not been super heavy-handed in, in that. Uh, but then you start adding in some of the uh, natural attrition that's going to happen as, as members of the service retire. Uh, and then what if what happens if you accelerate that? What if somebody who was going to retire in four years suddenly decides, you know what, I don't want to mess around with any of that stuff anymore. I'm going to take my retirement now. Uh, now you're suddenly looking at numbers that really could compromise mission readiness. And so that's the thing I want us to get back to in all of these things, in all of our policy decisions, in all of our legislative solutions, in all of our mandates that come from government or things that are done by executive order uh, through the executive branch, all of those we need to make sure we're factoring in what what are the real ramifications of this? How far does this spread out? What happens? What are the, what are the impacts? Uh, and so we have to learn to, to kind of get past that portion of the program where we are so 
laser focused on one thing that we forget to measure and calculate and project, what are the, what's the impact going to be across the board? What's the downstream impact of this? Uh, sometimes you can get really easy solutions, and the easiest solutions of all are those that we just choose to throw money at uh, because that's an easy thing because it looks like we're doing something. It makes us feel good. And sometimes we see this in our policymaking. Uh, I, I used to always say as a chief of staff, you know, we you have to resist the urge of the old saying, you know, don't stand there, do something. And often what we have to do is is flip that and don't do something, stand there. And when you're standing there, think, <laughs> think hard, think deep, uh, look at all the angles and all of the, the different ramifications that uh, that decision or that piece of legislation or policy or mandate might have downstream. Uh, and so, again, it's easy to, to rush to one solution and a one size fits all. Uh, but we got to make sure we step back and look at the bigger picture, think a little deeper, uh, and see what comes up next. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, a unique Christmas shop is popping up tomorrow at the University Mall in Orem. What's for sale? Who's going to be running it? Calvin Barnum and Samuel Havili from American Fork High School are going to join us next to talk about young entrepreneurs getting ready for Christmas. Stick around right here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.